Shotgun snap to Garoppolo. Quick set, throw down the middle. Too tall for Kittle, picked off by Devin McCourty. He's coming back to the left with a stutter step. Past the 45-40, angling to the near sideline. Devin is stripped up, tackled on the run back by McKinnon. But McCourty with his second interception of the year sets up the Patriots in San Francisco territory. to the 46th episode of USA Fiesta. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're literally recording right after the game started and, or ended. 725 and Eastern. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's no bueno. It is, I said last week, that was the worst game I've seen the Patriots play. I retract that statement. That was the worst game I've ever seen the Patriots play. And we can start it there. Three-game losing streak. Haven't First won in a month. I haven't won since September, so Bad. that's cool. Bad. Our last touchdown was Jarrett Stidham throwing to Nikhil Harry. Think about that. Oh my god. Look at that. We scored well, twenty eight. Yeah. We scored twenty eight points um in the past three weeks. Ethan, um, do you want to read the uh the touchdown to interception ratio for Patriots quarterbacks? Oh yeah, I'll find that. Um there's gonna be so many stats lately yeah. when you find that, Ethan. There's gonna be so many stats that are gonna come up like this is the first time since, or this is the blah 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 since. There, this is the pay, the Pats have been so good as of late that something as normal to most NFL teams as a three game losing streak or just two bad games is going to bring up the most ridiculous stats that we can find. Ethan, go ahead with your stat. The Patriots are currently on pace to have thirty interceptions and eight passing touchdowns, whereas Tom Brady is on pace for forty one touchdowns and nine interceptions. You know. One of the things that I think is like probably the biggest takeaway and not even from this game, from the whole season is that one thing that you can count on for the Pats is controlling clock and ball security. And if there's been two things that they haven't done this season, it is, it is both of those. They have turned the ball over. Like it is like, it's an Adam Gase coach team or something like that. Like the, we, we, uh, I, I remember saying it, but I, I just the thing that the Patriots will miss most about Tom Brady was his ability to always make the right play. And here we are with the wrong play being made multiple times and it costing us and not being able to bounce back and just fumbles and picks. But it's and, not even like the worst play. It's like Cam Newton just standing there not knowing what to do when he either takes a sack or throws it right at a defender. Which is a bad play, which is like stuff that you would not see from like the last 20 years you don't see that happen i think what frustrated me the most is he would always just double pump and like not make up his mind like he didn't know what the hell he was doing back there can i say this like stidham didn't play much better but at least he threw the freaking ball away why why doesn't cam seem to want to throw the ball away when there's no one open i don't understand that athletic ability no you're good I'm not giving him an excuse, but it's like he just feels like because I think we touched on this last week that he can make up with it, make up for you know broken play with his legs, and it's just that's not going for him either. So it's just he's making bad decisions over and over and over, and it's putting the team in a really bad place, and we're getting down early, and there's just nothing we can do from there. 
He had like, the comeback player of the, the year in his hands and, and just completely dropped it for the There's past. So years. many things that we had in our hands. And this is what's been, I think, the most infuriating thing about the entire season for us so far through seven weeks is that we just don't know what we are. At this point, you know who you are as the Pats, and we just don't. We just there's no there's no clarity. How can we have that game against Seattle and have Cam look like he was better than 2015 Cam? And then flip right around and then COVID hit and then look like a literal Pop Warner team for two consecutive weeks, even with practice. That seemed that seemed to not matter. The Pats without practice somehow looked better than the Pats with practice. See, I don't know where to start. Like, I don't really even know what to take from this game for what you just said. We don't really know what we are. And it's just, it's not one individual player or group of players that played bad. It was the whole team. Every single player on the team played bad, maybe minus Jacoby Myers. Sure. Damian Harris. Which Damian, Damian Harris. Harris played well. That's it. That, But again, if those are the guys that you're saying, well, they were they played well, your team is That's terrible. It. If you want, like, if you want to start from the top, it's obviously Cam Newton. Cam Newton was terrible, and it's the second week. Pathetic, I think, the, is a better name. This was the second week in a row that he's been bad. And this, but this performance was even worse. Not only did he have guys open, he basically threw it to defenders. Like it's, he was terrible. And next, I'd like to go with the front seven. The front seven is terrible, and this is just we can't stop the run to save our lives. Debo, Debo Samuel just ate us for lunch, like. This was we couldn't stop him to save our lives. It's just the secondary, and even the secondary wasn't that good. The whole I don't know no, what tackling. the hell happened. I don't know what the hell happened. Game. I don't know what the hell happened. The one if position you, that you had no idea what you were gonna do coming into the season is your best position right now, and that's the kicking position. Like every position sucks except for Nick Folk, and that's the and one position. Hunter, I guess you could say where Hunter you had. Yeah, yeah, special teams is the only thing that's going for us right now. Cardona, Bailey, and even kick returner for Gus. Yeah, it's the big three. Yo, where was James White today? What did he do? Yeah, he had one catch, man. See, okay. Where I need to, this needs to be said, first of all. Wide receiver may be third in the the list of needs. Number one is uh, front seven, or list of problems, I mean. Number one uh, is. Is uh front seven number two is quarterback? That's a problem. Three, you can go receiver. Yeah, I, I would. I would rather you say list of problems. Not yeah, needs that's I not need. There's obviously like, I'm not. I'm not gonna cancel Cam. I'm not gonna be that guy. I will not admit either, that but... Cam is playing really, really, really poorly. But there's been enough there to tell you that there's still something in Cam. So it's not a need. I don't even know. I don't even. I, I don't even know. It doesn't look good. He doesn't look like he plays football. You know what? Fine. I'll say it. It's a fake season. I look it is. Okay. It's a fake mm-hmm. season. No look, COVID no season. I've had to do that. I've had to do that with every single one of my teams this year. Celtics, Braves, Pats, fake season. Yeah. Start yeah, pushing just, the narrative. At least I'm not a Falcons fan. I mean, look, if right you there. take it if you say maybe the reason why they don't look the way they looked against the Seahawks is because they had to take that break or break in air marks or whatever you want to say. But up to that point, they look pretty good. Even in week one, they were they look basically unstoppable in the run game. Week two, they Three. go on in Seattle and almost beat them. And then after that, it pretty much they beat the Raiders, and then it just all goes downhill from there. So that's after everyone yeah. tested positive. So I don't know. You can call it a fake season. Like you're probably 100 percent accurate. 
It's not fake. It's not a fake season because everyone has to deal with the same issues. Like it, it, every, no, every no, team, that's actually not. Every team's got to deal true. with COVID. So every like no, every team no, in the no. league is going to no, get every a team case. Has to deal with COVID. Every, every team, team in the does league does not have to deal with COVID. They are going to eventually there get a case. Plenty of, there was plenty of teams that have not had to deal with COVID, like yes, the Patriots. But they're going not, to. I am. I am not using that as a crutch. I am not saying that as a crutch. But there are plenty of teams that have not been affected in the same way. Yes. Yet. Every team is going to get affected by this virus. That's a fact. We'll see. But it it may not affect every team in the same way. Again, like we joke about it being, oh, fake season, COVID season, whatever. But I, I, I will say seriously, it has not affected everyone equally. Well, so, even so, we had a full week of practice this week. There's no excuse. No, no excuse. No no, excuse. No, there, is, there is no excuse. That's, that's not <laughs> it. Like practice helps, but that's not your main issue. Your main issue is every position sucks. You, you also need, lost you improvements okay. at you need improvements at quarterback. You need improvements at wide receiver, tight end. You need the offensive line to stay healthy. You need improvements at defensive line. You need improvements in tackling in the secondary. You need tackling in the linebackers. You need better linebackers. Um, I don't. I is that is there anything? Hey, else? I mean, look, this this is another annoying thing that I won't I won't be hypocritical about. I think that we like to pick and choose when we talk about the opt-outs and here's a week that we can pick, pick and choose in our favor. Like, Oh, well a clear issue in this game is like guys like Chung guys, like high tower to high tower may obviously being the, the guys like Najee Torrin. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. But like those guys exactly, exactly what you would need. So here's a week where you, uh, when, you know, when you, when you stomp, uh, uh, Las Vegas, you're not talking about the opt-outs. But in a week like this, you talk about that. So that's another another thing you can put into that COVID season pile. But nonetheless, it happened. There's just a lot of things that we just, I don't know, we don't have. And it, it sucks because the opt-outs. Has Cam Newton got benched more times so far this season than Brady did all of his career? Like, I know Brady got benched in Kansas City in 2014. Yeah, how about? How about uh, Jim Nance arguing that on the broadcast? Did you yeah, all catch that? Ineffective like, or whatever. He was like ineffective play. Effective. Romo called him out on that too. It was like he definitely got benched against Kansas City, and then and then uh, Nance with the sidebar comment of like, "Well, that's probably the only Patriots game I haven't called." Like he was pissed that he had to call Patriots games every week. I don't know, man. Like, really? That's that's how you know your team was playing bad is when you start getting yeah, like true. pissy at the announcers. When the announcers are getting mad that they have to watch your team play. <laughs> The other thing, too, you could contribute this to is, like, the four preseason games because you lose those and you don't really know what you're coming into the season with. It's, like, a big question mark, right? So maybe the Patriots are just finding out now, like, where their main weaknesses are, and there's nothing they can do for it because the trade deadline's in, like, a week or two. I don't know. What is it? Week eight or week nine? I just wish and- I just wish we just go out and get someone. Like I, great. honestly, like who? I don't know. Like yeah, like- right, right. Like who? Like what? Do you want to just throw? Do you want to throw something at someone? Well, yeah. Go bring in like, uh, like, like Marvin Joe. Like what is he going to do for the team? Martavius right? Bryant. There's, there is no There's absolutely nothing. There is nothing that you can realistically trade for that will change the temperature in the room enough to make to change the entire scheme of the Patriots and be like, this team is not John Ross. This team is not wrong. one two trades away <laughs> from being playoffs or not playoffs. I'll tell you that. That's a fact. Okay, okay, fine. I'll give you another proposition. Robert Kraft pulls the plug on the Belichick situation and gives the, the keys to the operation to McDaniels. Oh, that yeah. will stir everything up. Real, real talk, though, who is the first Patriots beat writer to, that's going to do that, like Belichick ben on the hot seat? Ben other Volan. than Volan. Ryan other than Hannibal. Volan, because that's Hannibal. the Jacob listens to every day. 
who is who is going to be the first person to like question be like Belichick is to blame? Who will no, do the Belichick? Mass. Mass. No, 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 because I'm not going to buy into that. Who is the first person that will say Belichick is to blame? Well, who was the reporter this week that was saying we shouldn't have traded Garoppolo? Current was it Curran? Who wrote that article that Jimmy G shouldn't have entered? God. Well, okay, so that was cool. Uh, in hindsight, you give Brady fifty million dollars before the season, and we don't need to worry about any of this. Okay, uh, I don't know what. That's yeah. yeah come on. How does he help the defense stop Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, exactly. Well. Look at what he's doing Dude, now. Hold on. Hold on. Here's the thing, though, is we can keep going back catch. and being like, you know, Brady solves all of our problems. But we – That's so last, stupid. It's not even funny. Year. Look at last year because, I mean, that we were sitting here – It's the same in, offense. In what, March, did Brady, what did Brady do to us last year? In March, we were saying, oh, you know what? Actually, I think the Pats are better off without Brady. We're just going to go get like this and this and this, and then uh, the team will be fine. And then week one, we're like, oh, the offense looks so much better. Brady could never run this offense. Come on. That's ridiculous. So who do you blame for this week? Everyone. Literally everyone. Literally everyone. Literally everyone. Except for the special teams. Literally and everyone. I think you can make a case. You can make a case that some of the blame has to go to Belichick because of always, how, the, the, entire, yeah, how the, the entire team was bad. That starts with coaching. Yeah, 100%. Every loss in, in, in a 30, what, 36, 33 to 6 game can go be put back to, to coaching. Coaching is the base of it all. But I, I what I was saying with that point is that Obviously, Bill Belichick is not the problem in New England, and I'm saying some some idiot will make that case. Right, I wouldn't go that far, but in, come on, Keen dude. You... Catch was actually fun. Hey, that was a good catch too. Happy National Tight End Happy so National Tight End Day to Dalton Keene and Dalton Keene only. I came so close to nailing all the Patriots tight end statistics from two days, like two days ago. I said they were getting four targets, two catches, and 16 yards, and they got. Three targets, three catches, and seventeen yards. So they they and they, they exceeded my expectations. Also, did so Bo when are we going to start talking again? Bo Allen's missing again. Wanted. Again, he wasn't actually not exist. He wasn't He wasn't out there. Neither Bo was Allen's Josh DJ. Like, what the fuck is going on? Man? Bo Don't... Allen and Yanni Kayuste just are, aren't real. They are they're not they are mythological creatures that we have come up with to right. m- make us feel better about ourselves. They aren't real. Group hallucination. Like someone really like thought they could come up with a Bo Allen and a Yodney Kajuste and think they could slip it by us. It's just they're not real. Oh, no, of course not. A, a plus side, we didn't see De- uh, we didn't see Dietrich Wise wave his arms around. He could get a chance to because he didn't get enough pressure to get. Well, I'm trying to think oh, of some sure. other cool things I saw in this game. Um, <laughs> were plays where the Kyle Juszczyk looked better than any people. of our water savings. Kyle Juszczyk made a great play. So the, when someone's Patriot- fullback is outperforming your first round wide receiver pick in receiving. Okay. Okay. He got, to be fair. he got there hurt in a suicide pass. The pa- there were times the Patriots actually got to pump sound sound into this, and like there were like cheers. There were times where that happened. Couple plays, just a few, but it happened. It happened. But uh, Harry deserved more blame for last week, like the final play, because the final play he ran the wrong route. What? So, yeah, do you guys not know this? 
No. So okay, oh, enli- enlighten me, Jacob. So it came yeah, to the conclusion <laughs> that it looked like an option route based on the corner's uh, leverage. And he the corner was had inside leverage, obviously, and he's supposed to and that's what Cam anticipated and threw it outside. And so Well, they also didn't practice for a week, so that's what I'm saying. But I'm just and I blame yeah. Cam too on that one because he snapped the ball with like 12 seconds left on the play clock. And Denver was literally showing you that they were that they were bringing the house. He could have stopped and adjusted. And that's that's a place where you miss Brady. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, Harry, Harry and Cam both are to blame for that last play against Denver. Fair. We should have signed. Can't James tell Winston. me otherwise. Should have signed Jameis Winston. Can we? Oh, oh yeah. There's another guy. I, I want to that's talk a guy about. that that won't turn the ball over. That that perfect. Oh. Okay. Will you still throw for 400 yards again? Julian Edelman, right? I think I've come to the conclusion that a lot of it is scheme and play calling with him. It's like, okay, why, dude, aren't chill drawing up plays? why aren't we drawing up plays to get the ball in Julian Edelman's hands? He's just not getting open anymore. I, he's, another, he's another guy that I'm like, how do we go from Seattle to this? Yeah, especially against Jamal look, Adams. Like, exactly. What? That's exactly what I was about to say. You can't even just say, well, Jamal you know, Adams so isn't that good, though. So you can't even say, he's terrible. Um, all right. Allow me to be serious for a second. You can't say, oh, you know, like Seattle's defense sucks, like whatever. He was matched up with the singular best safety in the National Football League and was torching him, running deep routes. Just how how does this flip so quickly in so few amount of weeks? I don't it get doesn't it. make sense. You man. don't see this happen in New England. He's not the best safety in that division, but that's not the point. Um, Julian Edelman, like, just needs to start producing. He needs to get open. They got to put the ball in his hands. It's, it's quarterback. It's play calling. It's him. It's everything. It's just there's nothing going right offensively. They can't block. They can't play call. They can't throw. They can't catch. They can't run. It's just everything. They Without can't even take more. a snap and give a handoff without tripping and falling on their face. We said this offense was one-dimensional, but, like, is it even dimensional anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I just stole that. I stole that from you, Matt, but it's true. I, I just think the main issue is we're not cheating enough. We need to cheat to win. So, right. We now, need another, another, hey, another. the referees can even help us in this game. Yeah. Bro, we need see, to slip the refs a few a few bills. <laughs> you, you, know? could, you could make a killing on like Pat's hate Twitter with those two takes right there and just be like, someone's going to have like a viral tweet today that's like, I guess the Pats need to start cheating again or like, I guess they're not paying the refs enough, or something like that. It's gonna blow up and get fifty-four thousand. Here's what we're gonna we're gonna put this on our account. We're gonna start like a like a um like a GoFundMe type thing. I have a twenty-five dollar AMC gift card that I am willing to give the head referee for <laughs> him to throw a couple calls. Uh, Ethan, I want you to put it up on your story. Donate anything. It's come to I this. Got, we would like got a twenty-five dollar gift card. Yeah, I feel like we're due for a Jerome Boger game. Oh. We're playing the team that didn't uh, that only scored field goals against the Jets. So. All right, let me say let me say this: can't score touchdowns. Let, no. me, <laughs> let me say this about next week. This this week, the this is the week the panic button the the glass case comes off of the panic button. If we lose next week, I will <clears throat> press I will press the panic button. It is out of the case. The glass is off of it. My hand is over it. Next week is the full decider on whether you can hit the panic button or not. I will refuse to have any conversations about the future, who we should trade, who we should keep until next week. 
I think that's fair. Does everybody that's agree? Fair. Completely unrelated. What number is uh, Trey Lance going to wear when he comes here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. Fields. Fields is going to have one. Cam's saving it for him. Uh, what else is there to hit on? Uh, offensive line, lots of things are happening. Can never Tony's hurt now, there. so there's that. Yep. Um, Andrews was his Tooney, first game back. Karen, LMU Noir, all hurt. It, it just showed that it didn't even matter. Like, we had a, a pretty much healthy offensive line, and the offense just didn't do it. So it's like, Look. it's not it's not the line. It's not practice. It's not receivers. It's every one of the above. It's the cheating. We need to cheat to win. It's a $25 gift card. Where'd it go? Right here. But um, to what AMC movie theater? Those are every movies. It's national, baby. Okay, at twenty five dollars, they didn't have. They don't have to pay for popcorn. Dude, they don't have to pay there's for a lot. Drink. Of, look, there's a lot of movies that are coming out because of COVID that you didn't get movies. to see. James Bond. This is a high ticket item. It is here. Twenty five dollars. All right, wait seriously though. Bit, so let's call it thirteen. I do want to. I do. I do have one more thing that I could we could take away from the game, and that's Stidham. And I know Jacob that we you and I could go back and forth on this but like again like we've said it's not a week where he was the guy but Stidham might not be good definitely don't feel good about I, it That's definitely but, uh, and like and i don't want to just keep turning like every Stidham opportunity into is he the guy is he the future but See, it, had, it would be really nice if we got it like a real sample size. Like, because what is coming in at the end of the game that you already lost, like, really tell yeah, you about I it? I know, like, I know. And it sucks, like, but it's like, I don't know. But like, I'm, you, I'm so yeah, frustrated I, with it because I just, I get excited for a play and then there's a pick. And then I say, like, well, is that pick even worth, like, reading into? Because we're sitting here being 30 point. He's thrown like six picks, but I know. Still- you still don't even know what he is because they all come in completely irrelevant situations. Like, right. oh, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. But meanwhile, he's, he's going to hit like 50 picks by the end of next season. If he has so to keep coming into every game this year, then yeah. the picks are a problem. Like, it, you can't be throwing picks no matter what the situation is. Like, do you think, right, do you think right. Jared Sidham, it was his choice to wear number four, or did Belichick give him number four? Because if it was Jared's choice, I think he'd pick six. Pony joke has, has Ethan said one serious it. thing this entire episode? <laughs> no, no. Ethan's Ethan's role is to just be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, valid point, but valid point. However, insert, like wash Twitter joke here. <laughs> I'm fulfilling like my role. What I said for the Ravens last year, they're like, oh, well, the whole team's healthy, so that's gonna look good. I'm like, well, they can all get into a bus crash and die. Exactly. So. You can't I mean, say that now. You know, I mean, it's more likely than I invite you to the film study this week to watch the game, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. It's more likely to happen than it is for the Pats to score a touchdown, though. That's a fact. It's a fact. Fair point. <laughs> Patriots have not scored a touchdown uh, since what? Like, Lincoln? Like, it, it's Link. just they haven't scored since, since Georgia won a national championship. Yeah. If you – Take the Geico commercial for example, right? Where they're like, "Why don't right, we just we run? To, why don't we just hide in the running car? <laughs> Hiding in the running car is being an op, like a functional offense." Meanwhile, right. everyone's like, "No, let's hide behind the the pile of chainsaws," and that's just doing whatever the hell they they've been doing for the past month. People cope with not being able to score points in different ways. 
it's like it's a fact. We got here, we got Ethan. It's just there's so many problems with this team right now. Like Joe Cardona is is snapping the ball bad. It's like it's just everything. It's literally everything. You can't really oh, just talk about uh, like one thing or narrow down and be like, oh, you know what the problem was, or like we got to fix this. There's so much to talk about that there's so little to talk about. If that makes and there's sense. no yeah. excuses anymore. Like the excuse you no. could roll, you could do the excuse oh, tank is empty. I, Corona. Bro, I no, gave it him no, the benefit it is not. of the doubt. He like, got, he fooled me with his metaphors. He fooled me. He said <laughs> I point thumbs. Or I don't point fingers. I point thumbs. He said he would get his raincoat, and I bought back in, and he screwed us this week. But We're like going north, there's no more excuses. Yeah, I made hype videos. <laughs> there's no more excuses. He had a corona, whatever. Oh, the Broncos loss is fine. They didn't have any practice. I think they practiced too much. They had they literally. <laughs> they got overwhelmed us for not practice. They couldn't do anything. Yeah. All right. We uh we initially we would we would regularly go right to Buffalo, but a little bit of transpiring news, which has come to national attention, not new, but as we approach the, the trade deadline here, it has become more and more. Uh, relevant. So, Stefan Gilmore, the possibility of a trade, we've heard about it all the way back from really like nearing last season, the end of last season, right before the draft. Multiple times since, kind of really died down, but now it's, of course, with the November 3rd deadline coming up, it's stirred back up. So, here we are with the question of Gilmore, trade him, do we not? I think that we're all kind of in the same boat as far as let this Buffalo game play out. Where does everybody stand on that? I think you do it, and especially no matter get, what. It's, I think it. I honestly think it happens no matter what. I'm not convinced they will pay him. And he, if they want to like get as much value for the asset as possible, you do it now or never. Because mm-hmm. if you do what it, you if, you, if you wait till the off season, their value is going to go down drastic, like dramatically. Yeah, exactly. Right, but when you say pay him, you mean not pay him a second deal. You mean pay him what he's due or what he's what he's. No, owed. I mean pay him like give him a new contract. Yeah, there's. I don't think there's any way that happens. Because I mean, then they are they going to just let him walk, or are they going to actually get something for him? See, well, he's, well, he's still under contract. Where I stand is so. Yeah, well, and now you have out for this season. You realize that, right? I was just going to mention a little bit on J.C. Jackson because he's due also for the RFA this offseason as well, and Gilmore's going to be what, like thirty-one when he's a free agent. So if you look at it from a realistic standpoint, J.C. Jackson's your younger, probably future first first string cornerback. And then they also have Jonathan Jones, and they've been decently great at finding like cornerback talent in the draft, not in the second round, but obviously later rounds. And, uh, yeah, I feel like you got to pay that money to J.C. Jackson and use what you get from Stephon Gilmore to possibly draft another corner or something. When you uh... – it it really puts you at a decision almost of who would you rather have? Would you rather trade Gilmore, get the assets and pay JC, which I think that there's really no flawed logic in that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I mean, it when you have a guy who's as good as Gilmore, who is ranked as a top 10 NFL player, who is defensive player of the year, a guy of that caliber, there is no downside to having that player on your team. It's not like, oh, well, we want to get something while he's worth. Every second he's on the team, he will be worth something. It's just the matter of measuring is his worth to us on the team greater than what his worth would be off the team. He also plays in the, the 
the position with the most depth on the team. So if you take him away, you still have people that wouldn't replace what he is per se, but they'd fill that role better than if we traded Ryan Izzo. And then we have Devin Asiasi. Okay, well, anyway, can take Ryan Izzo's role. So but, what, yeah. what Ethan's trying to say is that we can we can afford to to trade Gilmore. We can afford like because we are so deep at that position. The deepest with, position with JC yeah. Jackson, who I think can be a number one corner. Uh, John, I think he's a top ten corner in the NFL right now. Well, I mean, any so, corner like is a top ten corner is a is can be the number one corner if depending on your team. Jesus, he can perform like a like a number one corner on your team. How about that? Uh, Jonathan Jones, obviously good. Uh, with the emergence of Williams, I think makes it even more likely. Like, what makes me feel even better about it? Because and it makes sense because, for one, Gilmore almost held out this year because of his contract. We was making what only like seven million or something like that, and they bumped it up to thirteen. And so, yeah, but now, a, but now he's raise. making seven million next year. He's mm-hmm. not going to just all of a sudden want to play for that next year. He's going to want either the contract to be reworked or a brand new contract. So, I feel like it's just you. If you get, I don't think he's going to make it. I don't think he's going to make it to the end of his contract on this team. I don't think he will. Whether it's whether he's traded now, which I think you, I would rather be him traded now than later, uh, or he's traded this offseason. I don't think he makes it to the end of his contract. And he's certainly going to regress from last season. Like, I know oh, we throw that term around like way too much, but you're never going to reach top the, it. the ability. Yeah, yeah that, you're not. You can't top that. You're that might be re- the best seen by a corner. You're never going to reach the ability that you hit last season. So it's all just like fans going to be like, hey, he's not good anymore. He, Every season is just going to be downhill from the last season. Yeah, and I think I look at it too as like a win-win situation here because you're going to get assets that will help you in the future. Now, you're obviously training away a star cornerback, but then J.C. Jackson, we finally get to see him in that spotlight, and I think he's ready for that spotlight. And the assets you get back, you could use to trade up in the first round. There's limitless possibilities that you can do. And I, I think it's just a win-win situation for the Patriots either way. I agree because like this is, like, this is a move for the future. Right here, trading Gilmore. This exactly. is a move with where the team, this this the state of the team right now is. We're in a transition year. They're in the middle of retooling. Like we need draft picks. Like you can debate whether like it's worth it because of Bill's draft run or not. But at the end of the day, when you're re- when you're retooling a team, you need draft picks because you need to get younger. I will take my chances with Belichick with a with a first round pick. And you know who's going to be an incoming rookie next season at cornerback. Asante Samuel Jr. So, I mean, do we want to entertain that? I don't. Even, I don't even know who that is. I'm not even a, I mean, I'm not a college guy. Obviously, I'm not a college guy. I know. I know saying, who he is. I, I'm not. I'm not aware of the junior. Uh, let me say this about the Gilmore thing, though: is I the the the, the trade deadline is on third uh, on Tuesday. the The game is on Sunday. The game matters. If you win the game. It's harder to trade them. If you lose the game, it's the easiest it's ever been to trade them. If you're sitting at two and five, you're out of the you're out of the race, which we can get into here in, at Buffalo. But you're out of the race for the AFC East. You really then just becomes a complete retooling year as far as kind of somewhat competing, being eligible for some kind of victory at the end of the year. If it's if it's two and five, 
why would you not? Because like you said, his value just goes down. You're not going to do it next year. You're not going to give him the payday in the off season. Might as well just get rid of him. I do want to ask you guys like a realistic landing spot. If all of you could give one for Gilmore. Chicago. Any team in the NFC. Like I don't even. Yeah. I don't think they do it. They're not going to do it to like Buffalo. They're not going to send them to. Oh, no way. No way. The, uh, Pittsburgh or something, you know, one of those places. I think Chicago. I think Chicago is a perfect place for him. Yeah. I think that Arizona is another one kind of in there. Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. Like, Arizona, Seattle. Yeah, one of those. I think that the uh, the trade is Green Bay. Bay. By the way, Tampa Bay. Yeah, exactly. We Tampa do need Bay. a quarterback so we can trade with Tampa Bay. Do the Bears have a first round pick, or are they still recovering from I that Cleo Mack trade? I think Ryan Pace, since he's entered the league, has had the least amount of picks of any GM in the league. I think that's like a fact. I'm pretty sure it's true. So my thing with the value is like if we don't, I if we do if we just get picks and we don't get a first round pick, I'll be pretty annoyed. Like I mm-hmm. I get the argument that he's older and he's had a, a little bit of a decline this season, but and there's only a year and a half left on his contract, but I still think he's worth a first round pick. Well, I, I also think you have to look at the picks. Like if you're getting two second round picks next year, I'd say and then a future third and fourth. Like if you're getting like that's a say, haul. You're getting two second rounders next year and like a future fourth. That's better than just getting a first because you can take those two seconds, trade into the first, and then you have, still have another pick. Or your first, which might come at the end or closer to the end, depending on where you finish. Right. You know, it could be like two seconds. Is that really that much different? Especially if you're trading them to somewhere like uh, who did you say? The Bears who I understand that they're five and one and they're going to make a playoff push here, but they very well could be the 19th overall pick. And then that goes into the second round and you're looking at what, I mean, the, the 40th overall pick. Basically. Right. Yeah, and then you look at it, like you can move up even, you can package your first round picks and get a really, really high pick with a really, really good player. But yeah. there's a bunch of opportunities that they can have if they trade. With I just, more. That's- I don't, I don't, I, when this happens, I think a lot of people put players in. I, I'm right. personally, I'm not too like keen on trading four players player for player i feel like picks are more valuable you get to actually put your like you get to put your hands on what the player is and you get to be part of the that career and you get to have them for a four-year deal as opposed to whatever uh that you're given unless it's player. alan robinson great point unless it's alan robinson well, the thing with alan robinson if if they're gonna trade if they're gonna include alan robinson in the pick in the tra- in a trade for gilmore they better extend him Right, you would have to have some because that's, that's, that, that's the big thing. Like, if you're not going to get a first round pick, I'm fine with a player in a pick as long as that player can like be a part of like your future, and it can actually be yeah, like yeah. like an impact. Like, I don't think like a Will Fuller will do much for you. He's uh, also a free agent after the year too. That, so. Like that, it's just, I don't I don't want a rental. That's the thing. Like, if we're going to trade right. for a player uh, in a Gilmore trade, like he better be like here for like a long. For the long Especially time. if you're retooling as well, like you don't want to just trade for some player and then he's gone after a year or two. It's like, yeah, like because let's face it, I don't think this team is sniffing the Super Bowl. So not right now. So sure. like, there's no, there's no like, I don't think trading for like a rental for this year is going to change all that much. You might win like an extra game or two, like depending on the player and the position. I still think front seven is a bigger need than wide receiver, but I'm just throwing wide receiver names out there just for examples. Uh, I would prefer a first round pick. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean with the, uh, 
does his where does does having him or not having him increase the value? If you get if you trade him for a rental, it doesn't because obviously Stefan Gilmore would be way more valuable to your team than a Will Fuller, a one year rental player. If you if you're not signing Allen Robinson for, a, I don't even want Will Fuller. Like no, I wouldn't. I would not like, want Will him. Fuller. Like pick. He's probably Just the third receiver on that Texans team that I'd even want. Like I'd rather have Cooks. And I don't Cox want to say I don't want a single receiver on that Texans team. So I don't want anyone on the te- unless you're giving me Deshaun Watson. I don't want anyone on that Texans team. I'd take Will Fuller, not for anything expensive. I don't know, but definitely not for Gilmore. But I'll kind of, it. it's kind of a side tangent. But yeah, actually, honestly, if I had to pick a receiver on that team that I'd want, it would be Will Fuller. Probably. I just saw a uh, mock trade here from U Stadium, and they say. The Cardinals, Cardinals would trade away a 2021 second-round pick and a 2022 fourth-round pick for Stephon Gilmore. It's a mock trade, obviously. Uh, See, that's when I would say no. Like, there's no – Throw in DeAndre like, Hopkins and you have a <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Like, I, I, wanna, I want a haul. But yeah, is I don't think you're going to get one, though. Haul. It depends on the team that you're sending them to. Cause like, I'm not talking about a Jalen Ramsey haul, but, so, like, the haul you can get for a 30-year-old defensive player of the year. That includes a first. That includes a future top three, third, one, either one through three round top pick. Top one hundred pick. Then, yes, top one hundred pick. Better way to say it. And then just something maybe at the end or the future. I don't know. See, a, I don't a think player. I, see, I don't know. See, I something think like the thing is, I think a first round pick is kind of stretching it. Like, I don't think some. I not convinced some teams will give you a first round pick. Well, and, and if they were to give us a first round pick. Do we trust Belichick to even either a make the pick or pick yeah, someone good? Guy. Yes, don't be that guy. You have to. Well, yeah, you, you do, you do because if you're afraid of who you're going to draft, then you shouldn't be making trades and you shouldn't yeah. be sitting and talking about high, like just, just keep the player at that point, right? Keep the player if you're if you don't think you can draft if you can draft someone. But I'll tell you, like if you're if you're the Cardinals or the Bears. Does your first round pick to you hold more value than Stephon Gilmore? If your first round pick could become right. two years of what Stephon Gilmore is right now, are you saying that that would be a wasted pick? No. Depends. So I think it makes well, sense to to get rid of the pick. It because depends if you're on what to win team now. Are, it makes are, sense. are you like are you like the Cardinals that like are a fringe a fringe contender team like a pretender? Are you a pretender? Are you? On the bubble of being right in the, uh, which the Cardinals are right, which the, which the Bears are, the Bears, yes, the Bears are are a good example. Let's take the Bears. The, the Bears are the easiest example. You you're a fringe playoff team with a very good record. However, I don't there's even really there's enough weaknesses to hold you back, and that yes. you know yeah. that a player likes to secondary is a big weakness. Where are you willing to risk your first round pick for next season? Do you feel like you're? Which Ryan Pace is. I know he is. Yeah. He is. You also got. I don't know if, if they feel like they're this close to contending for this season that they want to risk their next first round pick. Then Chicago would offer it, I guess. But right, if you're a team See, that and... isn't confident where you are right now, then I I don't think you'd make. But I feel like Arizona would probably, like Arizona probably feels confident enough in them where they. They don't really need a first round. Do you sort of get what I'm like? They don't need a first round pick. I know, I get it. If Chicago they, they, they feel like, like Gilmore would, they'd feel like Gilmore would 
would be better. Gilmore holds more value than their first round pick. See, yeah. this is this is a good idea of asset management. Are you gaining more than what you're losing for the Patriots, or are you gaining more than what you're losing for the Cardinals? Yep. So it's a win-win for both teams. Is always what they're looking for, right? I think initially I was like pretty opposed and just I mean, like you, you've you've told us, Jacob, like people get attached to players, and it's really hard to just immediately say like, oh man, like Stephon Gilmore. I think the Patriots are better off without him. But the more you think it over and the more, more you mull it over, and as I have since this has come up, it makes a lot of sense. And I kind of wouldn't be upset if they could get, like Matt just said, asset asset value, if you could get enough assets back to make it worth it. I really wouldn't be upset. Because what does Gilmore serve if this team goes 7-9? and nine? Does Gilmore make a difference on this team? Like, oh, thank God we went 7-9. and nine. Gilmore really helped us go 7-9. and nine. It doesn't matter. Just get what you can get and add our add on to our 12 picks and league high cap and all that junk. I, was, I want to say one more thing. Uh, you also got to factor in the contract because whoever signs, whoever trades for him also needs to sign him to an extension because this is it's the same money. Someone's someone's dumb enough to do it. Not that I'm like banking on the fact that Gilmore's just gonna like f- slump here, but like I don't know. So I, I, feel like- I, I am so not. I, I love Gilmore, but I'm so not in favor of extending them i would not be down for that no because uh like then you're starting to get up into his like i don't want to say not his prime but like it's the declining years of his the career. goal of this team is to get younger and signing stefan gilmore to exactly. is the opposite of what the goal of the team should be and i feel like, like a lot you of sign our, veteran our i feel like a what? lot of our fan base is just like oh it's stefan gilmore you can never trade him right you, you can never you, get you can't get caught up in the name ever since tom brady has left this team I have no feelings towards anyone, and anyone can get traded or cut, and I wouldn't care anymore. After Tom Brady left, no one has any name anymore. It doesn't matter. Not even Najee Torin. Except Najee Torin. If Najee Torin don't even remind don't even remind me of the night that Najee Torin opted out. Everybody knows where they were. I was in my room, tears, tissues everywhere, holding my Najee Torin jersey, bawling my eyes out. I don't know. Like I think, like you said, Ethan. Like it's it's really hard for when people get attached to players and then they leave. Like it's just it's difficult that way. But everyone's got to be reminded it's a business, right? It's like you just can't get caught up in one year because one year doesn't define a career. Sometimes, but no man's an island, even if they call him Revis Island or Gilmore Island or whoever. And like, if they want veteran guys to help in the future, then you sign them to one year, like one point five million dollar deals. Like, you don't just extend Gilmore because he's going to be a veteran and pay a twenty million. Or this is a whole Belichick made plan where he's like, "I'm going to get everyone to talk about Gilmore." Steph, put up your house for auction. This is his whole mastermind plan, and he's going to swap his second round pick for another mid level wide receiver, and it's going to happen all over again. I'll just be upset if Mohamed Sanu and Stefan Gilmore hold the same trade value. Mm. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I don't know. We like, I drafted Sanu because we were going to like have us in this deep of a wide receiver. No. Why the hell would you do that? You could have gotten Emmanuel Sanders for it, too. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah. Like, you look at it, too. I feel like Gilmore is better than Ramsey. So he should fetch more of a haul than Ramsey, but that's well. It, you got to factor in age there, and you know right, exactly. There's so many factors yes. that go into a trade more than just the players' like actual talent level. 
It's like a age contract. And I feel like people, that that's really hard for people to understand. And it, I mean, it, it takes a second to like kind of get, but it's way more than just the the base value of how good that player is. I feel like they're either going, they're going to make like two or three mini trades or like one big one. Yeah, I absolutely get where you're coming from. I'd really just like to see them upgrade a edge, edge rusher or D tackle one or the other. Like, so frustrating when teams can just run all over you like that. So, but it's so crazy that what is it like? Everson Griffin got traded for like a sixth. Yeah, what did he get traded for? And then who? Like Carlos Dunlap yeah, got traded for a seventh. Like, like what? And a player apparently, but yeah, like a backup. That's like trading Yelda Froholt and a seventh round pick for Carlos Dunlap. Who says no? Yeah, not me. This is what I, I, it Bill Bill gets on my nerves sometimes because I'm like it's the trade is right there, just take it and he rarely takes it. Well, it's kind of like we were saying, like, do you want to just go spend on Carlos Dunlap and keep that deal and finish seven and nine? Like, it seems like we want to acquire assets, not players, at the moment. Carlos back is just sitting there. Thank you. Quiddy Pay, Aiden Hutchison, Michael Alan Price, Robinson's Michael currently Zubon. in the concussion protocol. Carlos Dunlap has this year and then one more year. He's getting paid. And it's uh yeah. And it's getting it's he's getting 10, 10 million next year, uh total cap hit of eleven, and then this year he's a little mm, over four. That's a lot to commit to for an, a veteran too. Right. At the age of 31, 32. Exactly, 32, yeah. Which is kind of backwards of what we were saying yeah. here. I don't know. And then you'd obviously like to see them get some you know, younger linebackers that can be better than which Bentley can. what you would do with assets from a exactly. trade. Asset management, everything. There are definitely people on this fan, in this fan base that would be like, oh, let's make this trade for some person that had a – little bit of success for like a fifth round pick yet and if it doesn't work out they're like oh it's whatever it's just a fifth round pick yet when you use that fifth round pick in a draft and that player doesn't pan out they get more upset when the draft pick doesn't work more at like when you select the player over if you trade that pick and that trade doesn't work out like let's say we were to trade a fifth for will fuller and will fuller shits the bed and does Mohammed Sanu-esque. They'd be like, oh, and whatever, it was just a fifth-round pick. However, when we spend a fifth-round pick on Justin Warwasser, they're losing their minds that we spent a fifth-round pick on him. That's such a good such a good example. The only thing with that is that a, a kicker in the fifth round is a little soon. Well, that's usually when Belichick takes his specialists. Well, fair enough. Jake Bailey went in the fifth round, didn't he? Look how that's panned out. MVP. People said that was too soon. So look how, yeah. Look if how it works, if you're gonna take one that early, it better pan out. You shouldn't have taken. Right. You should have taken Blankenship. There is no way you shouldn't have taken Blankenship. Yeah, I'm actually curious to see like what they saw in like, Warwasser. I, I mean, pretty sure Blankenship. Um, I always want to know. NFL in points right now, and he went he undrafted. Does. I want to know. I want to always want to know. Like, what do you see in these guys? Like, what? Exactly. What, are, what does the casual fan lack? Dan? But in the end, somewhat understand. See, but 
Bill won't because tell you the real like answer, no but you know what Bill saw in Roar Wasser, but it's not the, the answer he's going to tell the public. Yeah, it's like, you don't know who this guy is, and I think that I'm not going to pick the play. It's real hipster Bill, is what it is. Yeah. Pick against the grain. Oh, you like DK He's like, Metcalf oh, you think I'm picking Brown? him? You He's like, like oh, you think I'm going with the, the number one kicker? What's you think I'm going with the number skill player? No, I'm going to go with someone who causes controversy in this very political world and then take him and no one's ever heard of him. You think I'm taking a quarterback in round one? No, I'm trading out and taking a division two safety. Like classic Belichick. <laughs> I got Patrick Queen right there for the taking, but I'd rather have Kyle Duggar. Which is fine. Right? Which is fine. He, 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 it's ignores, fine. he ignores one of your weakest positions on the team with one of right both Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray were right there. And those were like arguably two of the best linebackers in the country and you're like yeah let's take a division to safety because that's certainly one of our weakest positions i mean the hope was kind of that doug would have played Especially like a when, high when, when patrick chung opted out i mean perfect sense yeah true but no he one can replace what chung was or is so which is the best safety in afc correct so should we go and talk about buffalo yes uh, Does anyone yeah. want to start uh, on anything? It's, it's it's kind of I don't even know I don't even know how to like talk about Buffalo. Buffalo's the best. If you so win bad. this game, you're back in it. If you lose it, you have lost the AFCs. The winner of this game is competing for the AFC. It, well, I want to say if the if the Buffalo wins, they have won the AFCs. If the Patriots win, they are back in it for the AFCs. So right. that's, that's I think we stick. should. Because Buffalo plays Seattle and Arizona in the next two weeks after right. New England plays the Jets and the Ravens. So, but if we also lose, it could be like an NFC East situation where we end up eight and eight and still win the division. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's like a same game season for like people for like to rag on our division, but it ain't that bad. No, more X's and O's to Buffalo though. Uh, their defense. Not great. Our offense. They don't sack also the quarterback. Not also not great. Yeah, they, and, and our yeah, defense also not great, but weeks, also not great. What should have been this this really shut down, uh, like, uh, what's the word? Uh, like, torture the quarterback Buffalo defense really just hasn't been. It's been pretty Buffalo so far. And no offense has had an issue cutting through that defense even the jets uh a week ago no not like no issue but that offense stalled against them couldn't do much the jets looked for the slightest moment somewhat competent i always you always got to look at divisional games a little differently right i agree because i mean look at i mean look at history the patriots always lost to miami or the Jets or someone, but still went to the but still went to uh, the playoffs and did well. So I mean, it's just division games typically are a di- whole different thing because they're because their game plan and the, the whole goal of the season is really to win that division first. That's like the first thing on their list. So I feel like it's I have a hard time thinking we we I have a hard time thinking we just get blown out again. I think this will be a tough game. 
If we get blown we, out again, man, I'm, I'm done. We always have Josh Allen's number. As as good as he's been playing this That's year, he has never once played that well against us. I cannot remember a game. Josh Allen, I mean, multiple turnovers. He is he has never looked like like the Josh Allen we saw weeks one through four against against New England's defense. And that take, no how is, more, that take is more accurate than Josh Allen. Not this year. He's like 12th. I mean. In completion percentage, 12th. Probably still better than Cam Newton. Certainly number one on his team. Yeah, I don't – top percentage to me don't matter. Look, I'm still going to give the Patriots the benefit of the doubt here because Sean McDermott has not beaten New England yet. And like you said, Grant, Josh Allen just does not look good. So until they actually show up and play us tough. I think the Patriots can still win this game, like without a doubt. Yeah, really Buffalo nice to have Stephon Gilmore on digs this week. Yes, we'll true. About that. And that's like what I, I said this a couple of times in the group chat. Like that's why I feel confident playing Buffalo because outside of digs, they, there's really not a lot of production there. Like Singletary isn't an overly productive running back. Zach Moss is a rookie. Cole Zach Beasley Moss has hasn't had runs, what I think but... the, the breakout that people thought he was going to have. Yeah, exactly. And I think their rushing attack's like 29th in the league or something. So Buffalo has yet to beat New England in a meaningful game since 2011. So they lost in 2014 when they sat all their starters. Am I right about that? They sat all their starters when they had yep. the number one seed locked up. 2014, Jimmy G came in. Yep. Yep. And then they lost in 2016 when Jacoby Reset was playing injured. And they had no other quarterback. Yeah, uh, this is really honestly like kind of like the the litmus test of the AFCs. Like, you know, if Buffalo can beat New England in a meaningful, competitive game for the first time, and like you said, twenty whoever knows, a decade. Yeah, I mean, that's really kind of like that the changing of the guard. I mean, you know, anything can happen in the following years the NFL, but for the immediate future. Yeah. Well, even if we, if we win, yeah, and you look on, that's great. Also with the still back in the thick too. of things. If we lose, it's a uh, asterisk season because of Corona. 100%, yeah. Fake COVID season. We've it's talked about that season. a million times. Do you know our offense ranks 29th in the league in, in points per game? Like in everything? No, yeah. just in points per game. Total offense is 24th. That's no bueno. Yeah, that's no bueno. So to run through the numbers... The Bills Still top 10 in points against, though, 15. which is wild. There you go. Yes, they are. Multiple 30-point games, but still top 10 in points allowed. So Buffalo Ninth, total offense exact. is 13th ranked. Rushing offense, like I said, is 29th. Passing offense is top 10 at 6. Their points per game is 20th at 24.9. I mean, it's just it's you, you got to win this game. I don't, it's, you have to Basically game. a mini Super Bowl. Like, if you've... You win this game, there's still a chance of winning the division and making the playoffs. If you don't, I mean, you could maybe still squeak into the playoffs, but it's just it, the division is pretty much over, most likely, unless the unless the Bills like were to really collapse, and Miami for that matter, because they're above us. Miami's also starting a rookie quarterback, so I don't mind that at all. Are we doing winners and losers? Yes. Yeah. All right, come on, I got. I'm gonna go last. All right, do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Uh, my winner is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for uh, winning the NFC for the first time since 2002. 
Uh, they signed Antonio Brown, which is looking at their team right now. They would have gone undefeated back in 2015. Um, and now they signed Antonio. Well, they were already looking pretty good with MVP Brady, uh, Gronk, who gr- better than last year, certainly better than last year, an improved defense. And they signed now a four-time All-Pro receiver who averaged a touchdown a game last year. Um, so, I mean, certainly it's not wrapped up, but it's you can hand them, hand them the division right now. That's that's all you can do. There's no way that Breeze catches keeps up with Brady. Um, Breeze and his noodle arm. And then my loser, uh, my weekly loser now is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, can I just say how washed that is? Like you, you, you're, you're like one in. They're one in five, and every week you're ragging on. Like that's like doing like the Jets and being like, "Huh, my loser this week is the Jets. Uh huh, they lost another game. Like you just have a bad team that you're just like, oh, this team they lost yet again. It's not because they lost; it's because of the reason they lost. Uh, they lost on a game losing touchdown. Save, save it because I have something to do with that in mind in my loser. But continue. Right, yeah, Grant's from Atlanta. For those who don't know, and shouldn't really be, matter because I'm not. Might be upset fan, a but... little, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but That's that was a bad team. loss. That was a ridiculous. I was the only person to pick Detroit to win. Um, because I'm never picking in the, in the world, dude. Never picking. I was Atlanta. gonna pick Detroit too. Um, but yeah, yeah. Don't have like Detroit some like safe pick. That was a horrible loss. Well, I mean, you score a touchdown and lose. But I don't – on to wh- whoever you guys want to pick. That was just a, a, a complete Atlanta loss. <laughs> to, to add on to that too, I think there was a mic'd up thing that came up today and like Matt Ryan literally told Todd Gurley not to run it in for a touchdown. Right. He said drop down. All right, well, I'm going to get a new loser because now we're talking about it. And my loser was Todd Gurley. But I just want to say this about Gurley. Conspiracy theory, Gurley tried to score a touchdown. He probably forgot in the moment. He just made it, he just made no, it look no, like no. he wasn't trying to. Yes. I've been, I've been hearing theories. Gurley has incentives built into his deal. And one of them is hit the over oh. in touchdowns. But another yeah. thing about that is you can't fault Todd You're, Gurley. For not scoring, you let the the Falcons defense let Matthew Stafford go seventy five yards down the field in one minute with no timeouts. Fair enough. That's unacceptable. Yeah, but that's not like no. Matthew Stafford is a good. No, I'm like, not. That's not discrediting Matthew Stafford. Sh- I'm just telling you who it's, led them you down. You kind of just you kind of just disrespected Matthew Stafford. You you let the no, Detroit Lions drive seventy five yards down the field. Yeah. Matt Stafford's a guy. We let the Detroit Lions beat us on Saturday Night Football, so. Yeah, well. All right, well, now everybody else just go because i got to think of a new loser since we just talked about Todd Gurley. Jacob, do you want to go? Sure. I will go. My winner is the Cardinals for their great win against a top team, the Seattle Seahawks. So, big week for them. My loser is the – I just had it and I lost it. Give me one moment. Uh, oh, yeah, it was the Bears because that's the definition of a fraud team. What are they five and two, five and one, something like that? Five two. Five, five, five and two. two. And I don't give the Rams any respect. 
So Bears are a fraud team. Grant, you have your uh, what are you yet or? No, I don't. Do you? I have mine yet. So you want me to go? Yeah. All right, winner. Gonna keep this one close to home. We're gonna go with Donovan Peoples Jones from Cleveland Browns. I uh, watched that game live. That was a absolutely sick catch. And for Donovan Peoples Jones, who pretty much came in as like a a sixth or seventh round pick, I thought that was great value for the Browns. And he he's basically just a blocking tight end on that team, but he caught three passes for fifty five yards and a game winning touchdown. So that's a great story to watch there. And then a not so good story for my loser. We're gonna go to John Bostick from Washington. Laid out an absolute dirty hit. <laughs> no way that former, was yours. Former too. Patriot. There you go, former Patriot. Uh, absolute dirty hit on Andy Dalton. So now the Cowboys are down to like their third string quarterback. And Bostic didn't even get suspended for what he did. So there's another loser of the NFL again. So yeah, winners is Donovan Peoples Jones, loser, John Bostic. Okay, I've got him. All right, so my winner is George Kittle. Uh, National tight end day is the biggest win ever. It is no, it awesome. is not. No, it is not. That is a complete waste of a holiday. And the fact that the announcers literally every... fight me, fight me over that, Ethan. The announcers, it is, the, it is the... like the fact that Jim Nance and Tony Romo need to talk about that, no matter what the play is, is completely ridiculous and so absurd. Dude, you just like, hate fun. You just hate fun. I, I'm sorry that you coming can't... from you. What do you mean hating fun? This is just. Fine. Next, let's have national Literally. right defensive end day. No, that's not. It's it's fun. It's exciting. All day I was watching the games, and I just every time a touchdown would, or a tight end would make a catch, I'd be like, "It's national tight end day." It's fun. It's just like I don't know. It's fun. not. It's week <laughs> seven. It's week seven. Who cares about week seven? It put some excitement into it. It was. It was. It made. Uh, a day that shouldn't have been as exciting as it was, a little more exciting. It's cool that that Kittle has like made this a legitimate thing. There's t-shirts, you know, the NFL is posting about it, commentators are in on it. It's it's just exciting. Why don't you just let people have fun? Because I'll agree with it. I thought it was I exciting. know he didn't score a touchdown. It's cool. When CJ Uzomo scores a week seven touchdown, I don't need it blown up in my face 15 times because he plays a certain position. National tight end day. No. <laughs> and and to, to national tight end day. I think it's great day, for football. Dude, it's, it's awesome. Dude, that's what it, it legitimately increases engagements so much. When, when and another I, thing, too, is like you look at little, like younger generations and they're like, oh, National Tight maybe I want to be a tight end. Great point, so, Matt. There's another thing. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. like make make a position that isn't sexy look cool. Matt, to repeat right. that, I played tight end for multiple uh, uh multiple Pop years teams. Of football. And again, I still don't like that position. I, I don't like the the hall. It, it the fact that before the game, the Jim Nance is talking about how George Kittle goes up to the refs and goes, Hey, remember it's National Tight Ends right. Day. That's funny. That's like cool. <laughs> it's not funny. I it's laughed. I was funny. like, that's cool. Yes, it is. Like that is that Dude, is. Tight ends have such a big, big part of the game now too. They block, they catch, they score touchdowns. Do you hate Christmas too, Ethan? Do you hate all holidays? <laughs> if you're comparing National Tight End Day to Christmas, I think there's <laughs> something wrong with you. I don't know. Watching NFL is just as good as opening gifts on Christmas. But also, like, TJ Hawkinson, do- another a. Hey. Another another winner, TJ Hawkinson on National Tight End Day caught the yes. game winner against Atlanta. Shout out TJ Hawk- Hawkinson. 
Iowa man as well. Still better than any of our tight ends. It didn't make a big difference for me. Like I didn't think it was funny, but I didn't have a problem with it. So I think I it's just, just can't imagine football. getting like like being like, oh, this is so annoying. Like I'm so mad that George Kittle is is talking about a position all day. Like uh, old man yells at cloud over here, Ethan. <laughs> uh, my loser's Daniel Jones. Obviously, everyone knows what happened there. Could I, I was just I mean that was perfectly summed up turf monster that, that Giants team. Yeah. The was it the uh was it the ghost that Sam Darnold saw? Was it the MetLife? It was a cat. cat. It was the cat. Had to be the cat. Yeah. Tripped up on the uh the eleven yard line. It it got him. That was one of the funniest clips. But I mean he was hauling. I think it's funny because like that was an awesome play. And, he went like, faster than Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's there's some advanced metrics on that that show you he was running like yeah. really yeah. fast. But yeah. I mean that guy just just a hilarious blooper and what what was still an incredible play is now a blooper poor guy poor giants danny Elling, really never right it's kind of funny how they've done that in back to back weeks where they've had a big play from daniel jones that looks exactly like the etling play that whole defense got turned around on in the preseason so weird can you imagine running? You're playing Danny. football and you're running for like an 80 yard touchdown and you just trip because of you looking behind you. And what's so bad is you could see it coming too. You see him stumble. Oh, yeah. He was stumbling. Joe wow. Buck was like, and he's trying to stay up, bro, and he's down. It was awful. Oh, I can't imagine. It's almost like getting tackled on a pick six. Like, I think. DK Metcalf. I think. Oh, my God. Metcalf can. Pat McAfee mentioned this. Imagine if he had like a Daniel Jones rushing touchdown bet and he tripped. Oh, imagine if you had Daniel Jones in your fantasy team. I would have shot myself. That's just a loss right away. That was like, that was like, I I had Amendola on my, I hate talking about fantasy, but I'm going to do this one time. Uh, I had Amendola in 2015 when Harmon tripped him on the punt return. Oh my God. Yeah, you, I think you've got something else, Jacob. I do have something else. I want to give you a quick stint a minute because, well, we touched on it a little bit right after the game. Uh, it's not looking good. To say the least, it's not looking very good because I get while he's been being put out there in situations where it's already over, like meaningless. Like, but that's Jack, that's your chance to prove to the coaches, hey, Maybe we should consider a quarterback change. The, the The job is literally right there in front of him. He just has to take it, and he's instead he's throwing picks. And it's exactly what they've been saying since camp. It's like you have good pass, good pass, good pass, pick, good pass, bad pass, good pass, good pass, pick. It's like he's not consistent. He can make he can make the bang bang throws. He can make uh, the throw to Harry was very nice. Like that Chiefs game was really it. That Chiefs game was really it to get their attention because that. Touchdown to Harry. It's a one-score game, and he's just instead pick. And then obviously the Edelman Edelman pick wasn't his fault, but uh, the deep shot down to Bird underthrown pick is just this. This dude's got a pick problem. He's throwing he's throwing twenty NFL passes. Four of them are picks. Two of them went to the house. Poor man's it's, Kyler Murray. And one of them was a pick, but it got uh, called back via penalty. That too. Oh, that. Yep. Good. Good call. Right. right. Just dude like. The job, the job is right there in front of him. He needs to take it, and he's not. He needs to 
he needs to work on his consistency and he's got to stop throwing picks dude he like i've noticed like he cannot handle pressure like once the pressure's in his face he's like hopping around you can tell just by looking at him he's he panics similar to another quarterback we have on the roster with happy feet that's just all i got not, prayer circle happy prayer feet. circle that we beat buffalo yes prayer circle Absolutely. last thing i need is buffalo fans on a monday <laughs> and i love them i don't want to have to turn on them i'm like i know that's the, what i mean I'm like the president of the Buff Bills Mafia. You are? Did you jump through a table? Did you do the initiation? You don't jump through a table. No, like I'm 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 president of Bills Mafia, but the Pats division of it. Since we mm-hmm. since we do in fact own them, there has to be someone to claim them. Well, fair enough. Adios. 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 Adios.